Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد بالقلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان والشفائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم نور البصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الفاتح ما أغلق الخاتم لما سبق الناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله وصحبه حق قدره ومقداره العظيم اللهم صل وسلم عليه So we are still in the chapter on praising the Prophet ﷺ from the blessed poem of the Burda of Imam al-Busiri radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa arda and uh, this section is praising the Prophet ﷺ uh, we left off on what I mentioned to be one of my favorite verses in the Burda وَكُلُّهُمْ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ مُلْتَمِسٌ and um, so we we take on we we pick up where that has uh, left off inshallah in the line where the author said they all stand before him observing their limits Dots to his knowledge or vowel marks to his wisdom. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I should have this. Um, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Haddihimi uh, seems to make more sense in this case. Anyway, so they all stand before him, observing their limits, dots to his knowledge, or vowel marks to his wisdom. Or um, the translation here from Shaykh Hamza, Hafidhullah, they all stand before him according to their limits, as if dots on his knowledge or diacritical marks on his wisdom. So, same kind of concept. Um, the commentator, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, Wisdom is knowledge with an added mastery. And, and on that account, it is said that every sage is a scholar, but not vice versa. Mm. Meaning, someone can have... In order for them to have wisdom, they must have knowledge. But just because they have knowledge does not necessarily mean that they have wisdom. So, in order for someone to have wisdom... They must have knowledge, but them having knowledge does not necessitate them having wisdom. So, uh, and this is something, you know, in the community, we kind of talk about a lot, is that, like, you have the challenge of sound scholarship in the first place. But then add on top of it that if, if if, if an individual has sound scholarship, do they actually have wisdom? And those are different levels of things. Those are different levels of things. So, you know, may Allah help us. Mm. So the the verse is just saying, you know, that all of these all of these prophets and all of the people that come they're all in their limit with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They're just dots on his knowledge or diacritical marks like the Fatha Dhamma Kisra on his wisdom. He's, he's the real deal Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when it comes to his knowledge and when it comes to his wisdom. And everyone else is just kind of like a side note. And that ties into the verse that comes before it, right? That everyone is taking from the ocean of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Some are taking more, some are taking less. But in the end, the wisdom that we have is an extension of the prophetic wisdom. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he continues, فَهْوَ الَّذِي تَمَّ مَعْنَاهُ وَصُورَتُهُ 
ma'nahu wa suratuhu thumma istafahu habiban bari'un nasami it is he whose meaning and form attained perfection then the maker of souls chose him for his beloved <coughs> so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose him to be perfect in his inner his his inner being and in his ex- external being and then after he did that he chose him as his beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam so you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has these distinctions all around uh, that you know they, there's multiple layers of distinctions that he has sallallahu alaihi wasallam um And that this is um, the perfection of the human being is in the perfection of their inner and their outer. And if one is to take precedence over the other, then the inner takes precedence over the outer, although they are related. So one's physical health and their spiritual health are related. One's physical well-being and their spiritual well-being are related. But uh, to emphasize the uh, physical health and and ignore the spiritual health is a huge blunder whereas to emphasize the spiritual health and ignore the physical is a blunder but it's not as huge um and the prophet وسلم, and all of the prophets were known not only for their internal beauty and strength of character but also for their external beauty and strength and uh, the prophet وسلم, is no exception to that um so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose him as his beloved uh and then you know he 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 perfected his character from a young age and protected him from a young age and um made him above and beyond everyone else even above and beyond other prophets so you know one of the common kind of like confusions people say is that we're not allowed to distinguish between any of the prophets because Allah says in the Quran لا نفرق بين أحد من الرسل that we don't distinguish between any of the prophets uh, all of them are prophets of God can't say one is better or the other one is better that's what people understand from that the problem with that is that it doesn't take into consideration the other verses such as تلك الرسل فضلنا بعضهم على بعض that those are the messengers we gave precedence to some of them over the others it's, it's very clear right uh, and then the other verse about ulul azmi min rusul the ulul azm those of conviction from the messengers of uh, sayyidina ibrahim wa nuh and ibrahim and musa and isa and prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam alayhim salam ajma'in so those verses clearly indicate that there is a rank between the prophets and yet the other verse says الرسل, it says that we don't distinguish between any of the prophets so what does this mean it means we don't distinguish between any of the prophets in terms of our belief in them and our belief in their perfection and protection but that being said even in the realm of perfection there are layers of perfection and so uh, they are perfect in the sense they are perfect in the sense that they are fully beautiful internally and externally and they are protected from sin uh, all of them are equal in that they all fully convey the message they are all uh, completely described with truthfulness all of that is true for all of the messengers alayhim salam and yet some of them have even higher rank than the others so the point here is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was perfect in his internal and his external and uh, he was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be his beloved. On top of that, uh, I want to just mention, you know, about this topic of the external and the internal and focusing on one versus focusing on the other. There's a very nice poem. Actually, that would be a nice class to do. Uh, maybe one day if I remember. Um, it's called Unwan al-Hikam. Unwan al-Hikam. It's basically a poem about uh, pieces of wisdom. And uh, that you can kind of glean from the Islamic tradition. And one of the things that he says 
is Ya Khadim al Jismi Kem Tashqabi Khidmatihi Atatrubul Ribhafi Mafihi Khusranu Aqbil Ala Nafsi Wastakmil Fada Ilaha Fantabin Nafsi Labil Jismi Insanu. He says, O oh, you who serves themselves their their body, O oh, you who is the servant of their physical form, how much you lose in uh, you're seeking profit in that which will come to fail and subhanallah even if you think just from a purely materialistic perspective no matter how hard we try to protect our body our body is eventually uh, going to give out on us and no matter how much we try to preserve our beauty our beauty will eventually go away uh, and then he says uh, you know go towards the perfecting of the self and make it complete you know pay attention to its virtues because you are by the self not by the body a human being truly a human being and so you know this emphasis on again uh, developing the internal self and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala la yanzuru ila suurikum wa ajsarikum walakin yanzuru ila qulubikum wa a'malikum that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allah does not look at your forms and your bodies, but rather He looks at your hearts uh, and your deeds. He looks at your hearts and your deeds. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people of good hearts and people of good deeds. Allahumma ameen. Munazzahun, let's see here. Munazzahun an sharikin fi mahasinihi fajoharun husni fihi ghayru munqasimi. Exalted above having a rival in his perfection, in him is the undivided essence of beauty. In him is the undivided essence of beauty. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says in the commentary. If you were to behold the Prophet ﷺ among people, you would say he is a man, just as he said of himself. And as Allah said, I am but a man like you. But if you were to consider the unique traits and exemplary qualities with which Allah favored him, and the favors Allah granted him, such as his beautiful form and character, you would say he is not human. The upshot of this is that the Prophet ﷺ is human, but not like other humans. He is like a ruby among ordinary stones. The wisdom behind Allah sending the Prophet ﷺ in a human form, though his soul is dissimilar to the souls of the rest of humanity, lies in the fact that had he been other than human, such as an angel, no human would be able to interact with the angels or receive revealed laws from them. However, Allah Most High has strengthened the souls of the Prophets, enabling them to behold the angels, and has ordered mankind to follow them in their statements, actions, and inward and outward states. The outward emulating their outward, and the inward emulating their inward. May Allah bless us to follow them and love them till death. Amin. So the Prophet ﷺ, one thing to note here is that he is comprised of, uh, some scholars will say that he is, we can think about him ﷺ, as having an element of what's called Bashariya, and having an element of what's called Khususiya. Bashariya and Khususiya. Bashariya means... Uh, it comes from the word bashar that has to do with a human being. It basically means his physical human reality. And his khususiya is that which makes him special. And it's not only the Prophet ﷺ has this, but actually everybody does. There's an element to them that is human and there's an element to them that is, in a sense, supernatural because it's related to the soul. And the soul is from, uh, is, 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 is from the, the breathing of Allah's ruh into Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and so the human beings have a share everyone has a share of this uniqueness this khususiyah and oftentimes uh, what can happen is that with great people they're uh, they will hide their khususiyah with many many great people they will actively hide what makes them special and that's because it's between them and Allah and so you might see them and you might not think anything of them because they're so humble. Or you might not think anything of them because they're so hidden. Um, they don't have prominent positions and stuff like that. And yet, 
when they make dua their dua is answered and when they you know speak to you your uh, the pains in your heart go away and you know these are very special things that some people have and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was like this as well so those who believed in him and accepted his message they recognized and they saw his khususiyah that which made him unique that which made him special sallallahu alaihi wasallam and those who rejected him all they saw was their all they saw was his bashariya um all they saw was, you know, they didn't see Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as they said in the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, when he went to write it, and he said, "Write Muhammad," not he, but Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu is writing it, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is dictating it, and he tells him, "Write, uh, this is a message from Muhammad Rasulullah to such and such," and they said, "No, write Muhammad ibn Abdullah because we don't accept you as Muhammad Rasulullah." So they accepted his bashariya that he's Muhammad the son of Abdullah, but they didn't accept his khususiyah, that which made him special, that which made him from the elect, which is Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, wa abdu, abduhu wa rasulu, his servant and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wa wasallam. So the human being is composed of these both of these components, um, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why we're mentioning that here? is that he is exalted above having a rival in his perfections in him is the undivided essence of beauty fajawharun husni fihi ghayru munqasimi jawharun husni fihi ghayru munqasimi that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this uh, excellence of his his being is very unique to him you know this excellence of his being is very unique to him and um uh, he has no rival in that sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam he continues then uh, So now you get into kind of like one of these big discussions in the community Right um, One of these big discussions uh, Let me see if the next verse I think it's going to continue with the next verse Yeah the next probably Yeah, the next maybe three verses kind of address this issue. Uh, wait a second. There's another one too. There's several verses in this section that kind of, you know, one of the things that's often said um, for people who are talking about the Prophet them all the time, talking about loving the Prophet them all the time, then you oftentimes you get this response from certain members of the community. And they'll say, well, aren't you like talking about the Prophet too much? Aren't you making him like like doing to him what the Christians did to Jesus? Aren't you kind of like putting him at too high of a level? And that's a common uh, refrain that comes up in discussions around the Prophet them and praising him often. I should be more specific. That's a common refrain that comes up in the last several hundred years on this topic. Before that, you don't, you know, people understood the rank of the Prophet generally speaking and they knew that Allah is God and the Prophet is the Messenger of God and it doesn't matter how much you praise him because Allah praised him so you could praise the Prophet from now until the day that you die every single second and it wouldn't even be a drop in what Allah said about him so uh, and, and, and of course also the Muslims know that Allah is God and he's one and he doesn't have partners and he doesn't have similarities he doesn't have children, he doesn't have anything else, and the Prophet ﷺ is clearly not God. He's not God, but he is the best of God's creation. And that means something. He also ﷺ encouraged us to praise him. In many, many different hadith, which is perhaps its own class again one day, inshallah. Mashallah, there's so many things to do classes on. Uh, we'll get to them eventually. Allah give us a long life and help us to do a lot of things together. Inshallah, alhamdulillah, we're very proud of what we've accomplished so far. Um, or honored by what we've been able to accomplish so far. And inshallah, we'll be able to do more and more. So he says in this verse, Eschew the claim Christians have made for their prophet. Then say in his praise what you will, but wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh so the Prophet ﷺ said 
Do not exaggerate me about me as the Christians exaggerated concerning the son of Mary. Say instead the servant and emissary of Allah. Say abduhu wa rasulu. So what is being addressed here? I mean, if we just focus for a few seconds. People say, well, don't do what the Christians did with the Jews. Okay, what did the Prophet ﷺ tell us? The Christians did then the Christians did with their Prophet, I'm sorry. What did the Prophet ﷺ tell us? He said, don't do what they did with me. I mean, with Jesus. Just uh, only, uh, you know, say he's abduhu wa He's the servant of God and his messenger. Fine, alhamdulillah, no problem. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, ashadu an Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Mafish mushkila, no problem. Well, but he is the best of God's creation. And he is uh, unbelievably beautiful. And he is unbelievably magnificent and gentle and kind and concerned for his ummah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he is the great intercession and link to us, link between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we go to Allah directly. Of course, we go to Allah directly. But we also go to Allah by, you know, with the one whom he loves more than anything else. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorified and exalted is he, which is the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, it doesn't negate my relationship with Allah. It's just part of my relationship with Allah is that I want to be close with the one that Allah loves the most. I mean, I mean, what's, what's the issue with that? So he says, leave it. Leave what they did with their messengers. Then say whatever you want, but be wise. Leave what the Christians did with their messenger. And then after that, do whatever you want. You're not saying he's the son of God. Then praise him as much as you want. But be wise about it. Don't take it too far. Wansub ila thatihi ma shitta min idhamin, I think. Min sharafin. Wansub ila thatihi ma shitta min sharafin. Wansub ila qadrihi ma shitta min idhami. فَإِنَّ فَضْلَ الرَّسُولِ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ لَهُ حَدٌّ فَيُعْرِبَ عَنْهُ نَاتِقٌ بِفَمِي Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam He says that um, Ascribe whatever honor you will to his essence And ascribe what greatness you will to his worth For the worth of Allah's emissary has no limit That could be expressed by a human mouth It's the Truly the messenger of God's bounty cannot be overstated by two lips and a tongue. So he says, yes, say whatever you want about his honor. Say whatever you want about his exalted status. Because in the end, whatever comes out of those two lips can't actually overstate what the Prophet wasallam was. Uh, there's some nice poetry. Uh, Ibn Juzay al-Kalbi. Ibn Juzay al-Kalbi said he was a famous Maliki scholar and also... Uh, had wrote a commentary on the Quran called the Tasheel. Will you call it Tasheel? Yeah, Tasheel. Ibn Juzay. He said, I attempt to praise the chosen one, but am prevented by my inadequacy in comprehending his merits. How can I possibly contain the brimming ocean? How can I possibly count all the grains of sand and stars? Had my every muscle turned into a tongue? I would still be unable to attain a portion of his praise. Had the creation entire assembled together in his honor, they would not fulfill what is truly incumbent. So our tongue has held us back out of awe and courteousness, and out of fear and exaltation for the one of loftiest rank. How often eloquence is found in silence, and how often does speech reprove the speaker. So this is beautiful about the Prophet wasallam. لو ناسبت قدره آياته عظما أحيا اسمه حين يدعى دارسا رممي. So this is now also like one of the verses that people get kind of like, aren't you going too far? This is what he says. If a miracle could equal his stature in magnitude, the mere mention of his name would revive decaying bones. Is is it he that's doing it? No, it's Allah that's doing it. If if you know. If uh, a miracle could equal his stature, then just saying his name would bring people that are dead back to life. Mm. Uh, give me one second. Give me one second.
need to mute myself. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, the line in the border. لو ناسبت قدره آياته عظما أحيا اسمه حين يدعى دارس الرمم If they're going to look, uh, you know, it's as if a miracle could equal his stature and magnitude, the mere mention of his name would revive decaying bones. If the family is holding out for a miracle, they should ask by the name of the Prophet wasallam, and go to uh, our brother Osman and mention the name of the Prophet wasallam, in his presence with this niyyah. Wallahu alam. Maybe it will work, maybe it won't. But it just seemed like an appropriate thing to share. If you disagree, that's fine. Sorry. Excuse me for that. The line just made me think of something that was, I felt, appropriate uh, related to it. Um, related to something that's going on. So I wanted to send it quickly to uh, some of the people involved. If his miracles were commensurate with his greatness, the mere, mere mention of his name would give life to dry bones. Mm. Next line says... Um, so this is all, I mean, you know, we could of course say all kinds of things about this and read from the commentary and so on and so forth, but in the end these are all continuing this theme of praising the Prophet them and using various, uh, um, you know, uh, um, rhetorical expressions in order to use, uh, to really dig that deep into the heart. لم يحت لم يمتحن بما تعي العقول به لم يمتحن بما تعي العقول به حرص علينا فلم نرتب ولم نهمي. So he says, رضي الله تعالى عنه. Concerned for our welfare, he did not confuse us with matters we could not fathom. So we neither wandered nor wavered. And there's kind of like a potentially big discussion here. Let me see what the commentator said first. Um, and then we'll take it from there. Here the author says, that out of his great concern and mercy and pity for us, the emissary of Allah, Allah bless him and give him peace, did not inform us of anything our minds would be unable to comprehend. And he did not try us with anything that would confound our minds. Nor did he leave us to our own personal understandings or burden us with things that would result in us suffering doubt or bewilderment. He did not burden us with having to know the reality of the spirit or the soul. Nor did he order us to know the reality of the spiritual real. Malakut, spiritual, it's probably supposed to be spiritual realm there, Malakut, or what is above the heavens or below the earth. He did not try, try us with contemplation on Allah's divine entity. Rather, he forbade us to do so because of the intellect's inability in that regard. So, um, actually, in fact, the emissary of Allah provided us an example in our own selves, namely the soul between our two sides. By which we live, eat, drink, and come and go. If the soul, which is a creation between our two sides, is unknown to us, how can anyone hope to comprehend the, and contemplate the pre-eternal divine reality? So, basically, one of the things that's kind of like very subtly being hinted at here um, is that there are matters of religion that are matters of general and basic understanding that are easily accessible to everyone and generally those are the matters upon which salvation is predicated people are not uh, we're not required to go deeper 
we're not required to to get really philosophical and really spiritual and all of these other things salvation is pinned upon very simple things five daily prayers zakat believing in god believing in angels the quran so on and so forth however when you see even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam hints at times it will be usually like an ishara it'll be something very very subtle that someone who understands a deeper layer will catch it and the person who doesn't understand a deeper layer it won't it'll just it'll just pass by and it won't cause them confusion but the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wasn't like sitting and having really detailed spiritual discussions of the malakut the mulk is the physical realm the malakut is the spiritual realm in the books of uh, our scholars and there's again like very subtle hints and references to it in the textual sources and you know man araf the one who knows knows the one who tastes it they know it um, and so even you know this is one of actually oftentimes like great spiritual masters people who know these things won't like talk about them in front of just like anybody they won't like get up on a member and start speaking about stuff that people can't understand because there's no need to do that so the prophet وسلم, didn't confuse us with matters that we couldn't understand and um, he kept his message very simple and maybe some people understood another deeper layer from it surely they did but those who didn't they didn't and that's fine there's no problem with that um, however in all of that what should be emphasized also is that basic knowledge comes first basic knowledge comes first and um, you know sometimes you see people getting into like all these spiritual philosophical discussions and stuff and they don't know the most basic things and we should know the basic things about Allah basic things about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam simple stuff about how to pray how not to pray how to fast how not to fast so on and so forth um you know, those things should be covered. Um, and, and those are the foundation. They come before anything else. That's what the Prophet them emphasized. You know, and subhanAllah, it makes me think about, again, uh, Shaykh Rayyan, Allah Yerahamu, Shaykh Ahmed Tahir Rayyan. It was someone who generally like his public discourse. I don't know about his private discourse, but his public discourse was very simple. It was very knowledge-based. It was very, you know, easy to understand. He would weave in stories of righteous people that give you hints that like there's something more to this. But the way you really know that there's something more to this on the experiential side is just by looking at him. How do you quantify that? I don't know how you quantify that. I don't know how you... But you just look at him and how he is and you're like, there's a lot more there. And that's not, those aren't things that, um, you know, you can really get in a book. It's something that's in the heart. But the, the but what's focused on and what the emphasis is on is the basic stuff. Basic adab, basic relationships, treating people right, not talking ill of others, so on and so forth. The Prophet them said, uh, Speak to people in proportion to what they can understand. Do you want them to belie Allah and His emissary? So speak, حَدِّثُ النَّاسِ عَلَىٰ قَدْرِ عُقُولِهِمْ أَتُحِبُّ أَنْ يُكَذِّبَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ Or something, I forget exactly how it was stated. But basically speak to people according to what they can understand. Do you want them to reject Allah and His Messenger? Does that mean you're hiding things? Does it mean you're being elitist or something? No, it doesn't mean any of that. So anyone, you know, a lot of our kind of like, well, does that mean this? Like, a lot of that whole thing is just not rooted in any sort of practical reality. If, you, if, if, if you're living in some sort of practical reality and you actually talk to people about religion and it's not just the people that you... Uh, are accustomed to dealing with you realize very quickly that you have to talk to different people in different ways it doesn't mean that you're changing anything uh, and, you know Islam is Islam but 
you're not going to talk to everyone the same. You know, someone who comes from a a secular background is different than someone who comes from a religious background. Someone who's highly educated is different than someone who's not highly educated, which doesn't mean that one of them is better than the other. They're just different. Talking to them is different. Um, The references you use, the connections that you make, everything is going to be different. And what you share with them then is going to be according to them. And um, anyways, enough of that. Ayal wara. Why does it keep doing that? Ayal wara fahmu ma'nahu falaysa yura lin qurbi wal bu'di fihi ghayru munfahimi. This line. For some reason, this line is very unfamiliar to me. Man's mind is exhausted trying to understand his meaning. All of them, near or far, appear as if dumbstruck. He didn't try us with these things. But, so this is, again, you know, he didn't say it himself. But when you see who he was, you still can't wrap your mind around it. Like, how was he what he was? When we look at all these descriptions of the Prophet them, you read the Shema'il and you're like, how, how is that? How is that even possible? The the mind can barely, you know, begin to wrap its wrap itself around that. Uh, he says in the commentary. Actually, there's a reference here. I'm going to read the whole section. Because there's a reference here to Isra and Mi'raj that we commemorated last week. Here the author says that all of creation are incapable of understanding the meaning and secret that Allah preferred for His Prophet and unable to grasp His lofty rank and exalted preeminence not attained by the previous Prophets, such as reaching the level wherein He heard the scratching of the recording angel's pens when He was at the distance of two bow's lengths or nearer to His Lord. When he led the prophets and angels in prayer during the miraculous night journey, his intercession when assuming the praiseworthy station al maqam al Mahmud, in which no other has stood and which has been prepared for none but him, his surpassing the station of the angel Jibreel on the night of the miraculous journey, and his being a mercy unto the worlds and other favored positions of grace and honor and miraculous signs that Allah vouchsafed to him alone. That these are things that the Prophet them, is unique in. Because of these unique favors that Allah conferred upon the Prophet them, the human mind is exhausted and rendered incapable of comprehending the full scope of what Allah has blessed him with, unable to grasp the full extent of the mystical sciences and secrets encompassed in his noble self. This point was alluded to by the perfected pole, Qutb, the Gnostic of his time and unrivaled of his era, my master Abdassalam ibn Mashish. Uh, Sayyidina Abdul Salam ibn Mashish is the Shaykh of Abu Hassan al-Shadini. So now you're like, whoa. We said Ibn Ata'Allah from the Hikam and Imam al-Busiri of the Burda. Their Shaykh was Abu Abbas al-Mursi. Sayyidina Abu Abbas al-Mursi radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And his Shaykh was Sayyidina Abu Hassan al-Shadini radiallahu anhu. And his Shaykh was Sayyidina Abdul Salam ibn Mashish, this one that's being quoted right here, who said in his prayer, and before whom all understandings dwindled, thus none of us before has ever realized his true essence, and none of us ever will. So those near to him and those far from him are all seen to be dumbstruck, incapable. That is to say, those who keep his company and stick closely to him are like those who neither met him nor kept his company, and that they all share in their unfamiliarity with his secret and meaning. It is sufficient for us to say that Allah grants his favor to whom he wills of his servants. So Allah's bounties and gifts to the prophets and what he confirmed upon them to the exclusion of the rest of humanity cannot be attained through acquisition or works or through conventional means. They are attainable only through lordly munificence and divine favor. Allah favors whomever he wills with his mercy and Allah is the possessor of immense bounty. It's a very important principle actually what he gets at here. Um... What the Prophet ﷺ had cannot be attained through acquisition or works. It's غير muktasib. It's غير muktasib. It's not something that's acquired. And sometimes this question will come up like, 
you know, especially you get into some of these Eastern religious traditions and stuff and this idea of attaining some level of enlightenment. And, you know, you go to this level and this level and this level. And then eventually you just like hit the top, right? No. <laughs> like, yes and no. It's not from your own acquisition. And what the Prophet ﷺ had, yes, he did everything that he's supposed to do. But in the end, that's Fadlullahi yu'tihi may yasha. And that's true for any anyone, really. Any, any, any People we put in our own efforts. And, and we see it in our lives. Like Allah has His bounties. He gives them however He wills. That's, that's His choice. You know, you can take two people and expose them to the same circumstances and give them the same opportunities. And they can even do the same things. And they'll come out different. And that's because there's there's a bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives to whomever He wills. Um, and recognizing that is extremely important. We, we have a trend in Islamic spirituality and it's become even more common now. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like this checkmark trend of spirituality. That I did X and I did Y and I did Z. And mashallah, I used to pray... 10 sunnah a day and now I pray 12 sunnah a day and I used to never pray in the night and now I pray 8 rakah in the night and now I read more Quran than I did before and look at me, mashallah, I'm checking all of these boxes off. You could check all the boxes off in the world and not benefit from it. And some other people will check off just the basic boxes and benefit from it tremendously. Because our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala those things are all good and they're all important but it's not a checkbox relationship. It's a relationship of sincerity. It's a relationship of recognizing that Allah gives His bounty to whom He wills. And when I turn myself over, not to my personal efforts, but to my dependence on Allah, in spite of my efforts, then that's when there's benefit. That's when the person has now begun to not actually depend on their own physical actions. Right. Like I can't do all of these things And just think okay now I'm going to be good No It doesn't work like Allah is uh, um, uh, There's a verse about it But I can't remember it right now But it's just this idea that It's Allah who does what he wills It's Allah who does what he wills uh, if it wasn't for the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There's nothing You know And, and maybe we'll close here But um, You know the thing that it reminds me of Is uh, And I hope I'm not overdoing this But The thing that it reminds me of Is that Is the story that Some of you may not have seen Because it was like an Arabic Little clip that That they did And there was no translation of it That I saw Maybe someone did it But I didn't see it of um, the story that Sheikh Rayyan mentioned that when he was in college I believe it was when he was in college and he um, had to work he had to work you know and so he got a job in a public uh, it's not really a bakery it's like a there's a difference in, in Egyptian Arabic usage between al-furn and khubz like al-makhbaz al-makhbaz and furn makhbaz is like a bakery they do all kinds of different things and there's sweet things and there's savory things and there's you know bread with cheese on it and different variations and whatever furn is very particular the oven it's direct translation would be the oven the oven is it only makes uh, it only is going to make like this particular type of bread that's what's made there nothing else only that bread and you have private ones and then you have government ones that are subsidized and um, uh, so what he says was that he got a job at this uh, government uh, I'm sure there's a word for it in English but uh, like bread making place and the work was very hard and there's no off days and, you know he'd work from 8 9 in the morning to 10 11 at night 
and there's no off days and it's very hard and you're in front of the oven and he said that you know these government things people would kind of act very loosely with them they'd steal a few pieces of bread there it's take some take some flour here you know so on and so forth he said so he he put himself as kind of like the protector of these uh, public funds that he's going to work in this this place and he's going to make sure nobody steals on his watch, right? But he's working these crazy hours, and he's a student in the college. And then before the exam, like two weeks before the exam, his boss would give him two weeks off. But other than that, he's working like six, seven days a week, seven days a week. Um, and he said, and then he would go to the exam, and he would finish top of the class. He's like, and my classmates, they've been studying the whole semester, and they weren't, you know... He would still do better than them. He would finish top of the class. And he said, and, and where does that come from? That comes from the blessing of doing the work that he had to do. And taking the position that he had to take. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the doors for him. So was it because like he studied so hard all year round? In that case, no. I mean, later on in life, yes. Yeah, so he, he got different positions. He became more established, of course. I mean, he was... Not one of the greatest for no reason. But there's an element of it where it's like, this is not, I'm going to put the effort in, and the consequence is not coming from my effort. If Allah chooses to carry the day, Allah, Allah carries the day. I could study for five minutes, I could study for three hours. If Allah chooses to put blessing in five minutes, it's better than the three hours. But if I have the three hours and I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit here and binge watch Netflix instead of studying when I should and then and study for five minutes and be like, Allah, carry the day for me. Now, this is playing games with Allah. But if a person really just can't do certain things, they're limited in it, you know, uh, then that's what it is. Allah give us tawfiq, Allah accept from us. There's any questions or anything? Uh, um, if you could stop the live stream, that would be great. So I can. I have a question. Yes. Um, so, what is the obligation for studying? Because, you know, I know it's like a five daily prayers and so on, um, but like, is there a set amount of time or standard for like studying for the lay person? Yeah, I mean, for the layperson, the basic standard is that they need to know what. So, the complication. I'll just go step by. Step. First one would be, what do I need to know about Allah? So, what do I need to know about Allah? I need to know that some basic argument of why we believe Allah exists. Like, for example, things don't come into existence by themselves. So, something must have brought them into existence. That's sufficient, actually, um, as the minimum. I need to know that Allah is without beginning, without end, without similarity, without partners, without need. I need to know that He is living, that He is knowledgeable, that He is powerful, that He has will, and that He hears and sees, and um, and He has speech, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, that's pretty much the absolute minimum. Some people might need more. So they might be exposed to certain philosophical conversations or they might have certain doubts, in which case that basic minimum wouldn't be sufficient for them. They would need to learn in addition to that whatever they need in order to be stable in their belief. Um, so that's where it gets a little bit uh, unclear. But the basic minimum is that. Basic minimum in terms of worship and uh, knowledge of what's allowed and what's not allowed is to know how to purify oneself, to know how to pray, to know how to fast, to know how to give zakat, to know how to do hajj if they're able to make hajj. Um, and then whatever rulings are needed for whatever it is that they're facing in life. So someone who works like in stock markets is going to need to know different knowledge than a person who works at Target, for example. Uh, again, that's not meant to demean any of them. All halal work is honorable. All halal work is honorable. So don't ever misunderstand me, inshallah, on that kind of stuff, all of you. Um, 
So that would be like, if you're going to get married, there's certain rules you need to know. If you're going to get divorced, there's certain rules you need to know. Um, and so on. If someone, if you're going to bury someone, wash someone's body. So things that come up, you would need to know them as they come up. Um, and then the basics of spiritual development. Like basically that I should be grateful. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't let my anger overcome me. That I shouldn't be jealous of other people. The basic things. Very, very basic things. Um, probably need to know a little bit about like the Quran and the Prophet them just to whatever again is needed in order to solidify one's belief in those things. And after that, it's all optional. So it's not actually very much. So what I'm, what I'm asking is, is that like, is there something wrong if I'm like watching Netflix for three hours? As soon as you said that, I was like... No, no, no. <laughs> actually, there's not necessarily. Like if someone's doing their, doing whatever obligations they have, um... Uh, like you know they're going to work if they need to work they're keeping track of their prayers they're uh, maintaining whatever relationships they have to maintain or need to maintain or whatever as long as you know those things are not being affected by it if someone what I'm what I was getting at with that was like if you have a responsibility that you're supposed like you're a student for example students do that you've seen it in colleges they're like, oh yeah, I really need to study for this. And then they go and they do everything else. And then at the end, they're like, Allah, please help me in my exam. I tried so hard. No, you didn't. You actually <laughs> didn't do what you were supposed to do. And now you're asking Allah for it. But if you did what you already were supposed to do, and you're just taking a break, or you're just relaxing, or you're just you know, enjoying life, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Does that make, okay, is that clear? Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. about like how often you should be reading Quran and how much you're supposed to be memorizing and so on. I mean, there's statements of like the Sahaba that they would try to finish the Quran in no less than 30 days and stuff like that. But all of those things are like in the end, if, if you know enough Quran in order to pray, you know enough, you know the basic minimum that you need to know. I mean, it sounds so little, but it really actually is. Like, not everyone has to be, you know, super knowledgeable in Islamic studies or whatever. They can, and they can still do wonderful and great things, right? Like they say that Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu an only memorized a small handful of surahs. It's said about him that he only memorized a small handful of surahs. Probably like most kids that go to an Islamic school memorized more surahs than he did but he was the great general of the muslims and he won so many battles and so on so everyone else everyone has their kind of like thing you know um of course we might find that doing these certain things helps us in our relationship with god of course we're gonna do it then you know but um there's not like a particular thing other than what you need to pray how's your aunt doing alhamdulillah um you know, she's 